Hello, everybody, and hope you're having a good week. Right in the middle of the week, Wednesday, and we had big, big news drop today. Actually, it dropped late last night, depending on what part of the world you live in and uh, or today. So Canelo Alvarez is officially suing The Zone and his promoter, Golden Boy Promotions. Of course, The Zone, the platform that he has fought on for just under two years. If you go back to October of 2018, it was announced that Canelo, Golden Boy Promotions, and The Zone had reached this big blockbuster deal. It was briefly the biggest deal in sports history. Canelo was briefly the highest paid athlete in all of sports. And then I think eventually it was, uh, I believe, Mike Trout in baseball signed a, a slightly bigger deal. But anyway, Canelo's still the highest paid boxer, the highest paid fighter in all of fight sports. So this was a huge blockbuster deal, and not even two years into it, Canelo is suing basically to get out of that deal. He wants to be a free agent, wants to be able to fight on other platforms. And he's not just suing them. He's suing Golden Boy Promotions, which is interesting because they are the promoter that guided him into this big deal. They are the promoter that guided him into being the biggest attraction in the sport. Now, I do think it is debatable if Canelo is the top attraction in the sport right now because, in my opinion... You travel through middle America and you ask the average person who Canelo Alvarez is, most people won't know. But most people know who Manny Pacquiao is. Globally, a lot more people know who Manny Pacquiao is than Canelo Alvarez. A lot more people probably know who Tyson Fury is now. After that rematch with Deontay Wilder and all the media attention he got going on the Joe Rogan podcast. I want to say he's been on that podcast multiple times. And he's done WWE, he's done some stuff with the UFC. So uh, Tyson Fury might be a bigger household name than Canelo Alvarez. But Canelo has that built-in fan base, not just in his native country of Mexico, but with the Mexican-American fan base, which I say all the time is, is the largest fan contingency in the United States, as far as boxing goes. And then with diehard fight fans around the world. Outside of that, Man, I just I, I think the zone grossly, grossly overestimated his his worth, his value. So um, okay, a lot to discuss. And before I get into all this, and by the way, the phone lines are open. So if you guys want to call in, you see the numbers right behind me, 213-267-7787 in the United States. That's toll free. Over in the UK, 0208103651. And that is toll-free as well. But um, the first thing I got to say is, you know what? This this contract, everything with Canelo, I just kind of lost my train of thought, but nobody knows what's in this deal. Nobody. Myself included, none of you out there, nobody in the fight media was present when this contract was signed. So really, this is all speculation. Now, I've seen some people leak some links to the actual litigation that was presented to the California District Court, I think it was, U.S. District Court in California. And you see some of the things, they talk about the contract and everything, but you guys got to understand, that's not the contract. That's the lawsuit. And that is talking about the contract, but from Canelo Alvarez and his team's point of view. So that's not, I'm sure if you saw paperwork from DAZN and their side, it would read a little differently in regards to what, how the contract is laid out. So the actual contract, 
None of you have seen it. I haven't seen it. Only the people, the parties involved and their legal teams have seen it. So need to get that out there because it's important to understand. Suddenly, you know, boxing Twitter, boxing YouTube, everybody is a freaking financial boxing economics expert. Meanwhile, no one's seen the damn contract and knows exactly what's in there. Another thing that I should stipulate. I find it really, really hard to believe. I, I can't imagine that DAZN would go into this. Now, DAZN screwed a lot of things up. They made huge mistakes, and we'll talk about that. But I can't imagine their lawyers allowed them to go into this multi-year deal worth over a quarter, over a third of a billion dollars without some sort of act of God clause written in there. Now, I can't think of the actual legal term, but act of God means, for example, let's just say uh, there's a fight scheduled this Saturday at Staples Center, downtown Los Angeles, and Friday during the weigh-in, there's a massive earthquake. The entire power grid goes out. Staples Center is crumbled. There is damaged. People can't go to the event. Events off. Well, you got people who have bought tickets. You got sponsorships. You've got TV network. You got all these different buy-ins. You got to have legal protection for that stuff, right? That is an act of God. The, the event not coming together in that situation wouldn't be the fault of the promoter, the fights, the network, anybody. It's just a natural disaster. So, obviously, unless you've been sleeping under a rock for the last six months, you know that we've been, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. We've been in this quarantine, this lockdown. And that has affected the sports world greatly. But dare I say it has affected boxing more than just about every other sport. Because boxing, especially for the big stars... It depends on gate revenue more than any other sport. These other team sports, these corporate-sponsored team sports, uh, let's take the NFL, for example, or Major League Baseball, whatever, they have these TV deals worked in. So it really doesn't matter if fans are in attendance or not. It helps. It, ho it helps the owner of the local team and everything. But for the league itself, they need the TV, TV money. That's pretty much it. With boxing, it's not necessarily structured that way. You need the casino buy-ins. You need the sponsorships, the merchandise sales, the ticket sales. All of that goes in. You think about Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. Their two fights generated, I think, somewhere in the mid-20 millions in terms of live gate ticket revenue. I think it was like, I think the first one was like 27 million and the second one was 23 million, something like that. That's just tickets, okay? Then there's sponsorships. And sponsorships aren't getting involved unless they can be present at the event, right? Unless there's fans and everybody there. Uh, so you got sponsorships and then, of course, merchandise, merchandising for, for both fighters, their teams, everybody else involved. That only happens if there's fans in attendance. And then there's forward TV money and all these different things that add up that you got to have. You got to have um, if you're going to be paying people $40 million, you got to have that kind of stuff involved. So I mentioned all this to say, you know, both sides of this debate, Canelo Alvarez and his side, DeZone and their side, there's some legitimacy to their uh, position. There really is, both sides. Unfortunately, though, in the world of boxing Twitter, everything is absolutes. All these fanagers, as I call them, uh, live in the world of absolutism, where you know, if I criticize Canelo, then that must mean I'm an apologist for DAZN. Or if I criticize DAZN, that must mean I'm a Canelo dick rider. 
as I wear my Canelo hat. You guys see that? I thought it was appropriate given the news today. I wear my Canelo hat. Uh, but so there's no winning for a guy like me to really opine on this because people out there will say I'm taking one side or the other. Honestly, you guys that follow me and watch my show week to week, you know I'm always on the side of boxing and always on the side of boxing fans. And Canelo, whether he's truly the biggest star in the sport or not, there's no denying he's in the top two or three. He's one of the tops brands in, in the sport. And for him to not fight at all in 2020, which it looks very, very likely now he will not fight in 2020, that is a huge deal. That is a very, very big deal. And that is a net loss for the sport of boxing. Also, you guys got to remember this. Canelo has a deal with the zone. Canelo has a deal with Golden Boy. Golden Boy has a deal with the zone. So this is a triangle, okay? This is a threesome, if you think about it, all right? And right now, with this litigation going on, it remains to be seen how it could affect Golden Boy's deal with the zone and all the other fighters that they have, dozens of other fighters that they have in their stable that need to fight. And fight exclusively on the zone now per Golden Boy's contract with the zone. It's not just Canelo that fights on that platform, right? It's all of Golden Boy's fighters. So think about that. Think about all these other fighters out there with families, you know what I'm saying, that really do have mouths to feed, and they haven't been making tens of millions of dollars a fight for the last four or five years like Canelo has. They're just scraping by. So that's why, you know, I was saying on Twitter, the, the optics of this, the timing and the optics of it for Canelo really, really don't look good. Again, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. A lot of people out there are out of work. Tens of millions of Americans worldwide. It's the numbers are astounding. The amount of people that have lost their jobs, lost their small business. But just here in America, it's tens of millions, right? On top of that, there are even more people who have taken a pay cut. A lot of you watching this video right now or listening to the audio, you guys have taken a pay cut. I've taken a pay cut. My, cut, my pay has been slashed by 25% through uh, the end of the year. And I'm being told January 1st it'll go back to 100%. But I, I've had my pay cut by 25%. And believe me, I'm feeling that shit. It's one thing if it was cut 5%, but 25%, that's a big chunk. So a lot of us out there, you guys already know what happened to Boxing Monthly, the other platform I work for. So I'm out of that job. So this is affecting all of us right now. And for Canelo, who is a multi-multi-millionaire worth nine figures. I was going to say eight figures, but he's worth nine figures. He's worth well over $100 million, right? One of the biggest, well, probably the biggest sports star in Mexico, but at least one of the biggest stars in all of Mexico. Uh, this guy, he's got FU money. And for him to go into this con or this uh, lawsuit right now, the optics of it, not very good. But this is hardly the first time Canelo has had poor optics in terms of public relations. Same thing with Golden Boy Promotions. Guys, go back, I think it was like five years when Canelo fought Miguel Cotto for his WBC title, knowing full well Gennady Golovkin was the mandatory. Canelo had no problem paying the WBC sanctioning fees, fighting Cotto, to take that WBC belt. He took it. He accepted it after that fight. But as soon as they said, hey, you got to fight this mandatory, he said, no mas. He dropped the belt, threw it in the garbage, and beef with the WBC for a year or so. That's why Mauricio Suleiman has gone so hard slobbing all over Canelo since because he wants back in that business, right? 
So that was a really bad look from Canelo Alvarez basically ducking a prime peak Gennady Golovkin in the eyes of many fans. And it was a bad look for Golden Boy Promotions at the time because they brokered that whole deal. They could have just said up front, hey, we'll fight Cotto, but we don't care about the WBC title. We don't want it. But they didn't say that. They, they, want, they wanted that title. And then five minutes after they got it, oh, we don't want this title no more because we got to fight that dude right now. It's prime. No, no, we don't want none of that. So bad look, right? So this has happened several times in Canelo's career. All that being said, you can make a legitimate case for why Canelo's doing this, okay? I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it. I'm just saying from an optics perspective, if you're really, really just a regular, casual sports fan living through your life right now, the COVID life, and maybe you have family members who have been laid off or they've had their pay cut, maybe your pay has been cut, maybe you know someone who lost a small business, and you see this dude that's making $40 million a fight saying, you know what, dude, I ain't going to accept $20 million a fight unless I can fight Avi Yildirim. I ain't going to accept $20 million a fight to face Callum Smith or Billy Joe Saunders. You might look at him and they just say, well, you know what? Fuck you then. I'm not watching your fights anymore. That might be how the average sports fan reacts to this. Again, I'm not necessarily saying that's how I feel. I'm not necessarily saying that's not how I feel. I'm just saying that's how a lot of people might be looking at this. So, uh, guys, my friend Steve Kim over at ESPN, he uh, he posted a story on ESPN.com about this. I'll post a link to it. Uh, I'll pin the, in a comment for, for this video. And I just want to read a couple of uh, quotes off that story, okay? So, first of all, I talked at the top of the video. 11 fight, $365 million deal that was agreed upon in late 2018. Obviously, Canelo has fought three times. There is eight fights remaining. Now, from what I understand in the contract, the total at the end of the 11 fights has to come out to $365 million. That doesn't necessarily mean that every fight has to be paid equally. There could be back-end lump sum payment, kind of like Floyd Mayweather's deal with CBS back in the day. Uh, anyway, Canelo Alvarez is seeking $280 million in damages according to the lawsuit. Uh, let me read a couple of quotes. So the suit states, after extended discussions between the parties, DeZone offered to pay Alvarez and Golden Boy Promotions a fraction of the contracted $40 million license fee in cash and some DeZone stock in advance of a potential IPO. However, the entire value of the package for about against another world champion, quote unquote, uh, was substantially less than Alvarez's contractual guarantee. It continues, given that DeZone had made it clear that it would not honor its contract throughout the spring and summer of 2020, Alvarez repeatedly asked Golden Boy Promotions to explore alternative broadcast options for a fall 2020 bout. Although Golden Boy Promotions reported it was talking to various broadcasters, it failed to put forth a single alternative plan by which it would pay Alvarez the $35 million it had promised him for each of his fights. And so on and so on. I won't keep going there. So, yeah, the way this is supposed to work is DeZone pays Golden Boy Promotions $40 million bucks. Golden Boy takes $5 million of that. They give Canelo $35 million in principle. That's the way this thing's supposed to work. Now, optics. Okay, okay, you know, let me back up. So I need to state this because premium opponent, you guys are seeing this on Twitter. So apparently the deal between DeZone and Canelo, and again, this is all speculation. It's at least two fights a year. 
And at least one of those opponents has to be a so-called premium opponent, which is deemed by the zone. So they define what a premium opponent is. Not Golden Boy, not Canelo, not anybody else but DAZN. And apparently they haven't considered any of Canelo's opponents yet premium. Now, this is debatable. Rocky Fielding, Daniel Jacobs, and Sergey Kovalev. Those are the three opponents, right? I think we'd all agree that Rocky Fielding, definitely not a premium opponent. That was right at the end of 2018, right when Canelo first signed on. And then in 2019, it was Danny Jacobs earlier in the year. And then it was Sergey Kovalev coming off, what, eight weeks off a fight where he was almost knocked out. So given the circumstances, I, you could say Danny Jacobs was maybe a premium, premium opponent. I don't know. In, in boxing terms, top five middleweight at the time, sure. Sergey Kovalev, I, I think given all the intangibles, I wouldn't necessarily call him a premium opponent. But I will say this. The zone, I think it's very, very clear, has a different, different definition of what premium opponent is than what you and I do as boxing people. Apparently, they would have accepted for Canelo's next fight a fight against Jorge Masvidal, an MMA UFC journeyman. Yeah, yeah, I know some of you say he's an all-time great. He's a journeyman. And, or... Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, or how do you say his name? Definitely not a journeyman, elite-level MMA fighter. But those two guys, DAZN would have brokered a fight against either of those two guys in a boxing match and considered them premium-level opponents, even though both of them can't box for shit. Shut up, MMA guys. Oh, they're good boxers. Shut up. They can't box for shit. Not premium boxing opponents. But I think it's very, very clear now that DAZN kind of showed a little bit the fight scout. Montero doesn't know MMA. Fight scout in the chat. Listen, awesome MMA fighters, right? I get it. Not good boxers. Neither of them has a pro boxing fight that I know of. Okay. So in terms of boxing opposition, journeyman level, it would be Mayweather, McGregor all over again. So that's what I'm talking about here. But hear me out. Hear what I'm going to say. I think it's very clear that the zone has kind of showed their hand a little bit. And they consider those guys premium level opponents because of their star power, particularly Jorge Masvidal, who despite having, I think, like, what, a dozen losses or whatever, never being a world champion, is very, very popular. You look at the last show when he fought Aldo, last minute replacement. He's a bigger name than Aldo, even though Aldo is a much better fighter. So he's one of those guys that is much more popular than he is great. And DAZN has made it very, very clear that they're more interested in guys that will bring one-time, one-month-only casual fan, quote-unquote, subscriptions. That's what they want. Remember the fight between uh, Logan Paul and KSI and all that? That wasn't for the diehard fight fan. And they weren't trying to bring in long-time subscribers. Those were one-time, 20 bucks a pop, boom. Oh, Usman. Sorry, yeah, thank you for correcting me on that, man. Uh, I couldn't see who that was in the chat. Masvidal fought Usman, not Aldo. Um, but again, he was, he was in terms of popularity, much more popular than Usman, even though Usman is a much, much better fighter. He's, he's definitely elite. But anyway, it's very, very clear. DAZN isn't interested in putting on the best, best product, I think, in terms of with Canelo, servicing the diehard fight fan. 
they wanted to bring Canelo on to drive subscriberships, right? And they're more interested in doing one-offs between him and someone like Jorge Masvidal or bringing on KSI and Logan Paul to get one-time hits, $20 one-month subscriptions from casuals, almost like a pay-per-view kind of thing, than they are putting on fights that uh, the diehard fight fan wants to buy for a whole year. So I think they kind of revealed their hand right there, and it's just not a good look. If you're considering those guys premium opponents, but a guy like Callum Smith isn't, that's not a good look. Now, in terms of star power, they're absolutely right. Jorge Masvidal is a much bigger name and a much bigger star than Callum Smith. Outside of the UK and outside of diehard fight fans, nobody knows who the hell Callum Smith is. So although he's an undefeated fighter with a title, with a legit, you know, a legitimate champion at 168 pounds, you can argue from a business point of view, hear me out here, guys. I'm not saying I agree. You can argue from a business point of view. Canelo in a freak show fight against Jorge Masvidal is a bigger fight, quote unquote, with casual fans than Canelo versus Callum Smith. Some of you guys might think that sounds crazy, but just think about it. Look at the numbers Masvidal just did in his recent pay-per-view. So it's clear that zone has a different business plan and a different agenda when it comes to Canelo Alvarez, and they really screwed this up. All that being said, I don't know if Canelo has a leg to stand on legally here because, again, I go back to the act of God clause. We're in a global pandemic, and truth be told, Canelo, if, again, go back to optics, if Canelo, let's say, fought Callum Smith and accepted $20 million. And Golden Boy, instead of taking five, they took two million and gave Callum Smith an extra three to get the deal done. Yeah, I think that's legitimate because right now, I don't care. Look, man, even against a top tier opponent like a Callum Smith or somebody like that, I don't think the zone could afford $40 million. There's no live gate revenue. The only fighter, and I mean the only fighter out there that Canelo could fight and make $40 million with no fans is probably Gennady Golovkin because of the foreign TV money and all of that. But even that, it's going to be close. They need that ticket revenue. So for Canelo and his team to say, we ain't fighting unless we get the full 35, or we'll take a pay cut, we'll, only, we'll take $20 million or whatever, but it's got to be Avi Yildirim, a journeyman. That's bullshit. And a lot of people out there see it as a diva tactic and they see it as a bad look from him. Let me jump over to the phones. Looks like we got a call here. Um, hang on one second, guys. 619, you're on. Go. 619. Hey, what's up, Mike? This is Renzo Navarra from... Uh, Renzo, what's up, from, man? Uh, from Tijuana. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. First of all, congratulations again on all your personal and uh, professional success. Uh, Thank you, very sir. Very happy to hear Thank all you that much. coming to your end. Uh, and uh, now to get right into the topic, well, it's it's, it's going to get really interesting. I think I'm I'm saving up a bunch of popcorn that I have in here. Yeah. To start reading off what comes what it comes out out of this, because now we know Canelo wants to go to court and wants to have a, a full on trial. <laughs> So a lot of things are going to be aired during this this thing if it ever gets to that point. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's getting really interesting to actually understand and learn 
the the details on all of that because all the way up to now a lot of us have been speculating on on what the actual information is that we get from reporters from quote-unquote sources and stuff like that but we don't really have anything to go with officially so i think to me this is probably more entertaining than the proposed fight with Gildring and canelo this year um i can tell you that more (laughs) well dude uh, just look at the reaction uh, on twitter go ahead no, I was just going to say, look at the reaction on social media, just from a, a lawsuit. And it's, you know, it kind of broke Twitter. I saw DAZN was trending this morning when I logged on to my Twitter. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't think it have been trending ever since they, you know, they had a, a meaningful fight uh, late yeah. last year. Uh, so that, that's that's something to tell. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people have made mistakes. The zone being the number one of it, because if they really wanted to get Canelo to fight Golovkin, which we know and we understand this is the biggest fight uh, at the moment, uh, not necessarily right now, although it probably is for them and, and for everybody involved, uh, you know, regarding uh, disregarding COVID and all that. Um, at the time, I think they made a huge mistake. If it's true, again, we haven't heard this officially from the zone that they didn't put it in writing. We want to get. Canelo Alvarez, we're going to pay him this much, but write up your fighting Golovkin. That didn't happen. Uh, we've heard from reports and stuff saying that Oscar Loya, uh, you know, promised the zone verbally, yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to get the zone. Then Canelo Alvarez has actually spoken to ESPN, so he's made it public. I never said that. I've never agreed to any of that. So I think that was issue number one. So there are things that Canelo Alvarez can say uh, you know, I didn't agree to this. I didn't agree to that. Legally, they're offering me something. They're not, uh, you know, uh, delivering for whatever reason. But at the same time, the zone can say, okay, well, we did offer a fight for you last year, you know, 2019. Twice we offered uh, Gennady Golovkin. Canelo declined it. Right. you got to remember, the Canelo didn't fight in September because he couldn't agree to fight Golovkin. And actually, I think the zone uh, proposed, hey, uh, we're going to pay up the remaining money that uh, Kovalev is asking. This was to make the fight in September, which is the Mexican holidays, the biggest event day in boxing. Uh, Canelo said no, because Canelo didn't want to put it in writing on fighting Lofton in May 2020. And, you know, it got to a point where they didn't have enough time. So it got postponed, then he fought in November, then the debacle with the UFC happened. So I think the whole deal has been a mess. Uh, both parties, including Wallaboo Promotions, probably has, you know, things that they've done wrong in it. And at the end of the day, it's more than obvious that Canelo is not worth the money that they were going to put yes. him on because there's really no other uh, fighter other than Golovkin that's going to make that money at this time. I completely agree, Renzo. And by the way, for guys listening out there uh, in the chat, this is Renzo from Boseo Tijuana. Awesome site, and he's, he does an awesome show. We've had him on my show before, so it's good talking to you, man. I haven't talked to you in a while. But, um, you know, I, I think the biggest mistake they made, Renzo, zone got into the boxing business, and they made this huge, huge buy-in, right? Hundreds of millions of dollars. And they don't have one boxing guy on their staff. The, the, the culture in boxing is so different than any other sport. We've seen people try to come in before and change it, and you're not going to do that, at least not overnight. For them to come in without a boxing guy present to represent their end and just to take – I've heard the same thing you have, that um, Oscar kind of verbally promised them, hey, don't worry, I'll convince uh, Canelo to fight Golovkin. But they never got it in writing in the contract. Right. Now, we don't know. 
but that's what we've heard. And it's based on everything we've so seen Canelo, so far. Canelo, I believe it. <laughs> he has gone officially said that on yeah. ESPN. I did not write that. I did not agree to that. Oscar's making it up. He actually said verbally, uh, you know, he's, he's saying crazy things and, and blah, blah, blah. So back and forth between Oscar and Canelo has not been pleasant. And, and we know that for a fact. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, it, people have to understand also that the the hardcore fans, we do not make pay-per-view. We, don't not, we do not buy the majority of pay-per-view. You, you bring up a lot of good points about, and, and the hardcore fans, a lot of, I want to say it, and, and I'm going to say it, Canelo lovers that are, you know, you just look at Canelo, they, they only think Canelo can not do wrong, and that's not really the reality of any boxer or any platform, anything. But uh, they, they think that because Canelo is very popular, that the majority of people are going to go out there and buy fights like they did with Floyd Mayweather Jr. Right. and, and uh, Mighty Pacquiao and all that. Those were the non-hardcore, the, just like you said, Masvidal fight. That would make huge money for everybody. Right. I don't really care about that because that's not going to make anything in boxing. Uh, but for the zone, I'm sure they're you know salivating and trying to get a fight like that. Canelo right. against freaking, I don't know, I mean, uh, Conor McGregor, same thing. I don't right. care about it. Hardcore fans don't care about it. But the zone is in it to make money. And so uh, you got to remember when uh, – um, what was that fight that didn't even make 100,000 uh, pay-per-views for, for – for, uh, uh, for Bob Arum, it was Terrence Crawford and Crawford uh, Postal. Shoot, I'm forgetting. Um, Crawford yeah, Postal exactly. yeah. didn't even reach a hundred thousand, and and that was a very good fight at the time. An amazing fight for us boxing hardcores. None of the the non-boxing hardcores actually the ones that paid four point something, four point eight million for uh, um, uh, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather Jr. Those were the guys who buy the WWE stuff and right. who buy everything buy else UFC that is stuff. popular. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. yeah, I, I think so, it's clear to it, me right now. It's interesting. It, again, we can only speculate. It is interesting. But I think right. the Zone's plan was with Canelo, we're going to get him into these big money fights or these big name fights. We're going to – I had no idea they were even reaching out to Jorge Masvidal. But it's clear that they're trying to make those sorts of events with him, just like the KSI, Logan Paul, that kind of stuff, which that was one of their highest watched fights, KSI and Logan Paul. People don't realize yeah. that. It was either number two or number three, <laughs> highest watched fight on the zone. It's crazy. But those are the casual fans, like you said, that brings in big chunks of money at a time. Meanwhile, service the diehard fight fan with the World Series of Boxing, and those sorts of shows with the, the little yep. fighters that come cheaper, the international fighters that come cheaper, I think now they've revealed their business plan. But with Canelo, if you're guaranteeing the guy $40 million and you're not charging pay-per-view, there's only so many names. 11 fights, $40 million, there's just no way the economics of that are going to work out. How do you think this thing ends, man? <laughs> That's, uh, uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. We saw, not to change subject at all, but real quick, we saw what happened with Leo, Lionel Messi, uh, the number oh, one yeah. player in the world. He said, I'm leaving Barcelona. 
Um, you know, and then at the end of the day, he was badly advised and he had to retract. And now he's back with Barcelona for another year. So let's see what happens with Canelo. If at the end of the day, there's not something in the contract that he's not understanding. It's definitely a fact that Canelo doesn't understand how pay-per-view works. Yeah. Look at what Floyd Mayweather Jr. did. He fought everybody, not necessarily in, in uh, opponents that were going to necessarily beat him, but he made all the money. And we have to remember when he got the contract with uh, Showtime, at the beginning, he wasn't making any money until he exactly. started fighting the big names. And he ended up making all the money back with the Manny Pacquiao. So I think Canelo, when, when he was proposed, and I, again, some, some of these subjects, the American uh, media doesn't really see it live. Uh, we did see it live here in New Mexico when he was asked about Nazivas. He said, who the fuck is that? Excuse my French. <laughs> That's what Canelo said. So, I mean, come on, man. If, if you're in it for the money, if you want to make money, you got to have a little bit of charisma. You got to know right. who, you're, who you're buying uh, public is, and you have to sell it. And Canelo, unfortunately, he's a great fighter because he is. He's, he's training 100%. He doesn't bullshit around with that, but he just doesn't have, uh, I guess, the smarts to make business moves like that other than trying to get a contract like this, which unfortunately two, two years in the, in the, uh, the actual contract, he's now saying, I don't want to be part of it anymore. So that right there says a lot. Um, I think in the, in the next coming weeks, maybe months, maybe Canelo won't see, I'm pretty sure Canelo's not going to fight this year. And we're going to have to wait to see if, uh, depending on how COVID uh, the things uh, keeps on going next year. I mean, there's a lot of them. Gnomes, and it's a bad timing for everybody involved. Yes. And I don't think I think Canelo Epson is going to be in in, in the uh, uh, out of boxing for a little while. And we're just uh, hoping to get all the information at least so we can uh, speculate, not speculate all the time, but uh, you know have a little bit more info to go with about all this. So uh, I think this is going to be the the <laughs> the most entertaining fight Canelo is going to have this year is going to be at court with Golden Boy, with Oscar, and with the Zone. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think we're going to get a lot of dirty laundry aired. It's it's very possible that some like DMs and like private well, emails and stuff get leaked here. It could get really, really ugly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and real quick, real quick, Mike. Where is Golden Boy Promotions as a business uh, going to end up after this? We know that right. the money making machine here, the cash cow, is Canelo. They're, they a few years back they were in the red without Canelo Alvarez. Uh, I talked they about have that. Good prospect. They have Ryan Garcia. They have Ryan Garcia who uh, who's in the Canelo camp and has been actively uh, you know talking back and forth with Oscar Loya uh, when he doesn't like something. So are they you know going to have issues with that um, if Canelo says goodbye and and they don't have if he pays I don't know if he buys back his contract is Golden Boy going to be in the red also again? I mean there's there's a lot of unknowns here. Yeah, I mean, without Canelo Alvarez, Golden Boy is essentially a West Coast regional promoter. I'm, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, yep. but that's that's the truth. I no, mean, Canelo finances their whole operation. He does keep them in the black. His two events a year subsidize other small events because, you know, Golden Boy for years, they've had like those small uh, club shows in and around Los Angeles. Then they've had like mid-level shows at some of the casinos. Right. And Canelo kind of subsidizes all that. Yeah. But something we've talked about before, man, um, you know, Canelo is just not the kind of guy that wants to do the media work. He does a lot of media work in Mexico, of course, exactly. because that's his bread and butter. But he has no interest in doing what Manny Pacquiao did in trying to become a crossover star in America. Like, you're never going to see Canelo many, uh, on Jimmy Mike, Kimmel's show also, and stuff like that. Mexico, 
Yeah, he also, Mexico has declined to do some media work. Remember, yeah. I don't remember which fight it was this, uh, but he declined to go do a media round for a big fight. I'm, I'm forgetting if it was... Uh, was it Kovalev or Jacobs? Jacobs it, but he said Jacobs? no to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, he said no to Mexico. Um, he, he's not that approachable sometimes. It just depends. And, and I can tell you personally from the uh, interview that I've done with Canelo, he's a totally different person when he doesn't have a camera on him. He's a lot more laid back. Uh, he, he, you know, candidly, I'm not going to say because that, that has nothing to do with it. It wasn't public, but he was talking about Chavez Jr. one time that I was interviewing in between takes and stuff. Uh, you know, he's a totally different person uh, personally without the camera stuck into his face. Yeah. But uh, as soon as you turn the camera on, he just doesn't have that charisma. So um, I, I don't know exactly where this is going to end up. I think he has all of the goods to make uh, an incredible career because boxing-wise, talent-wise, he has it. But he's lacking what Chavez Sr. had, what what Mike Tyson had. And is that, that extra career with Floyd Mayweather? I just saw let me, let me give remember you... Kenny, Brian Kenny and Floyd Mayweather Jr. interview oh, yeah. uh, today. 1.2 million from, from years back. I know which uh, one you're talking that about. That right there is somebody who knows how to promote himself. Well, you know, I was going to make a comparison. Tell me what you think of this. Is Canelo, in a yeah. sense a Mexican Terrence Crawford in terms of personality. (laughs) Not fighting style, but Uh, Terrence Crawford is not good with the media. He doesn't have the best uh, personality to cross over. Um, Damn good fighter. One of the best in the world. Might be the best in the world, but just doesn't do well on the mic, doesn't do well on camera, and I kind of see Canelo the same way. He just wants to punch in, punch out, and do his job, and that's it. I think he's the Mexican uh, Terrence Crawford to a large extent. If he wasn't Mexican, and, and Renzo, I mean, don't don't shoot the messenger here, but if Canelo Alvarez wasn't Mexican, would he sure. be half as popular as he is right now? Yep. Let's be honest. If he was African-American, let's just go there. Would he be half as popular as he is right now? Well, I, I think... I think we have to look at what, and uh, short answer is no, uh, possibly no, most likely not, because I don't know exactly, because that's, <laughs> that's not official. But right, right. Um, I think we have to look back and, and how Canelo became popular in Mexico and throughout the world uh, up to a point, definitely in the United States, because he, he is, quote unquote, the face of, face of boxing, although you made a good point at the beginning of the show that uh, you know, if you're talking money-wise, or not money-wise, but if, if you're talking about how popular he is around the world, he probably is not. But uh, he became really popular in Mexico because he was part of a, uh, a uh, uh, like a reality show, and and he, and obviously his looks are totally different than the average boxer that goes out and, and, and starts boxing the way Canelo did. So he stood out from the beginning. Uh, you you got to add that, and and, and you, you can't take the credit away from Canelo that he put in the work to be where he is. Uh, of course, as Canelo, the fighter, the, the 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 type of opponents he had, but all of the boxers have had questionable opponents, you can say, or or build up opponents throughout his career. So he hasn't done nothing different than anybody else. Uh, but I believe to get to a point where you're making, uh, and for, for a little while, he was the number one athlete around the world with the highest grossing contract ever. Right. Uh, I think we, uh, everybody, definitely the zone, if it's uh, agreeing to pay that much, uh, are expecting a little bit more from Canelo. They're not expecting Canelo to say, oh, you know what? Uh, I don't like this guy. I don't like Golovkin. So I'm, I, just, I, I think that chapter is closed. 
that's what he said. That chapter school, I beat him up already, and and you know it was you know two fights, so I don't need a third one. No, yeah, you do, because <laughs> that's right. what the uh, boss is telling you to do. And can, I'm sure Canelo at that point can probably uh, even KO Golovkin and completely end that in a high note. Uh, so yeah. that could have been a, a good possibility. Uh, Canelo said no, and I, I think if he would have fought uh, last year Golovkin. And and probably he was going to be the favorite, definitely from depending on what what would happen in the first, in the second fight, where he didn't win in my eyes, but he was a lot closer than the first one. Right. Um, you know, Golovkin age and all that. I think it would have opened the doors to other fights, other possibilities. Made a lot of money for everybody. The Zone Golden Boy. Everybody would have been happy uh, with the amount of money they would have made, and uh, things could have moved on from there. But instead, we're in this this place where. And now Klopp can say no because, you know, he told me no a couple of times last year and we're in, in this mess with COVID. So I think all around it's just a bad look for, for Canelo, unfortunately. But I'm sure he has a lot of money. He is young. He has a lot of talent. Um, he's said that he's not going to – he's going to retire young. He wants to retire 35. So uh, Canelo could still be uh, in boxing depending on what happens uh, with COVID in, in the next couple of years and, and possibly – do try to do what Floyd Mayweather did where, where he didn't really have, well, he was using Golden Boy as a promoter to promote his fights, but he wasn't really contracted to anybody like Canelo is right now. Uh, and, uh, but with that said, hopefully he changes his mind a little bit and he starts promoting himself a little better because yeah. he has to do that in order to sell either pay-per-view or subscription. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to make, you know, the, the Floyd Mayweather comparison, a lot of young fighters now want to be Floyd. I mean, even Devin Haney and some of the, and Ryan Garcia, some right. of these really young guys want to start making a big money. You know, yeah, Floyd, I'm not going to say cherry-picked, but he very, very cautiously chose who he was going to fight when he fought them, okay? Best matchmaker in boxing yep. history. But before sure. that, the first 10, 15 years of his career, the guy really did put in the work and build up the, the, the name oh, yeah. and everything else. And that can't be denied. And he promoted the hell out of his events. He did all sorts of shows. Pretty and Boy stuff. was a hell of a boxer. Absolutely, man. Before he became Money May, Pretty Boy was the was the man. And then when he became Money May, yeah. like I get it, that's a business thing. Out, so. I wasn't the biggest fan, but I I give him credit. He promoted yeah. the hell out of himself. He he got out there. He got the casual fan interested. And you could go anywhere in the world and bring up the name Floyd Mayweather, and most people know who he is. It's the same thing with Manny Pacquiao. Yep. I just don't think Canelo's ever going to be that guy. You know, around the same time DeZone bought into Canelo and kind of put all their eggs in that basket, ESPN, the top rank, bought into Tyson Fury. It sure looks like they knew they yep. made the better choice because I think they're going to make a lot more money in the long run with Tyson Fury than DeZone is with Canelo Alvarez. That's just the way I see it. But uh, Renzo, I got other calls, man. Let everybody know real quick where they can catch your stuff, where they can follow you on social, and then I got to let you go. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so the, the big one is just go to YouTube, look for Boxeo Tijuana, Boxeo Tijuana. Uh, you'll find all the shows we do. They're live throughout the week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, also follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, at Boxio Tijuana, and uh, that's where you can find us. And uh, thanks a lot for the show again. Congratulations on everything, Mike. Uh, you're doing a hell of a job, uh, like uh, Floyd Mayweather used to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. We'll have you back on the show soon, all right? 
All right, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. There he goes, Renzo. Good guy. Good guy. And uh, they do a great job at Bocio Tijuana. Guys, I think uh, I had a super chat on here from CJ Duncan that I think I missed. CJ, thank you so much. And I'm sorry that I missed your super chat, man. But uh, I appreciate the love, brother. And um, let me jump here to this other call real quick. All right. 262. 262, you're on. Go. What's up, Paisan? It's Johnny Boy. Oh. Johnny Boy, what's up, man? I figured you'd have something to say today. What's going on? Well, I was. Well, first of all, I want to say congrats on uh, getting married. I didn't know you. You guys finally tied it off. Thank you, sir. Until I jumped on. Tw- yeah, until I jumped on Twitter about a week ago, and that shit's like foreign language to me. So. I- <laughs> yeah, right. You'll get used to it, but it takes a while, man. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I I, I got a question though for you, buddy, because everybody. I've been hearing this a lot. Well, Canelo could just jump over to ESPN or PBC and all this. But wouldn't he lose the lawsuit if he went ahead and did that? Because wouldn't yeah. he be breaching his own contract? Yeah, that's like I, people. That's the thing, man. Everybody on boxing Twitter is certainly suddenly an expert. That would be breach of contract. And also for him to sue Golden Boy and, and him saying that, you know, I wanted Golden Boy to look out. Uh, on other platforms for me to fight on golden boy can't do that because they're contractually bound to the zone anyway so what golden boy did is they looked at other opponents and they presented opponents to the zone the zone rejected them so golden boy as far as i understand it did everything they could possibly do now maybe they made some mistakes on the back end with negotiating and things like that and canelo feels he wasn't represented very well in those negotiations that's different but in terms of the contract with the zone, what the hell else could Golden Boy do? I mean, they got Canelo the biggest deal in boxing history. I, I think his lawsuit against uh, Golden Boy is baseless. But the one against the zone does have some merit to it. Do I think he's going to win, though? No. He signed the damn contract, and he's not living up to his end. Johnny Boy, let me ask you. Rocky Fielding, Danny Jacobs, Sergey Kovalev, those are the first three fights. Is either of those three fights, if you're a network executive, are you paying $40 million for any of those fights? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Well, and, and, well then that's what I was, and that's what I was kind of, I'm like, well, how in the hell could he have a lawsuit and at the same time go over to ESPN and PBC? I'm like, bro, he's going to, he's going to lose the lawsuit. He'd be breaching his own contract. Like, what are you dudes talking about? Remember when Andre like, Ward was trying to sue Goosen and get out of that deal? And he actually got rejected. It was either two or three times by the California courts that said, no, this contract's airtight. Fuck you. You have to stick to it. And he would rather sit on his ass and not fight and keep going back and forth with the California courts. But Ward didn't fight during that litigation. He couldn't. When Golovkin was in litigation with uh, Universum, the German promoters, he couldn't fight in Germany or the United States, but he could fight in other countries. So there was a year or two where he fought, I can't remember where the hell it was, Monaco or some shit. So there might be some loophole in there like yeah. that for Canelo, but I doubt it, man. That's the, He's kind of bound to this. I don't see how he gets out of it. Well, and that was the first thing that come to my mind. I'm like, okay, when's the last this happened with Andre Ward? Boom. You know, and he sat on the bench for two, two, two and a half years or whatever the heck right. it was, so... Yeah, that, that that was the. I'm like, well, I'm like, you guys. Uh, this is what I told these boys. I'm like, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. You can't have a lawsuit going on right. with Golden Boy and 
and then flip around and go fight on ESPN. Like you're talking nonsense. Like you, <laughs> think about it this way, of, man. But, you know, when you apply for a yeah. job, say that you are in the middle of. Let's say you work at Bank of America and you're in the middle of litigation right. with them for whatever reason. You go to get a job at Wells Fargo. One of the first questions they're going to ask you: Are you currently in any litigation, or you know, have you been laid off or fired from a employer recently? Because they don't want to fuck with that. So if you're ESPN or any of these right. other platforms, would you want to take on Canelo while he's in the middle of litigation? Get the fuck out of here. It, it's just people don't know exactly. what you're talking about, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, yeah, exactly. And, and to, to me, like, I, it's like, dude, it's like, dude. You know, I get that it says this, this, and this in your contract, but in the same breath, like, bro, there's a, first of all, there's a freaking worldwide crisis going right. on right now. And second of all, you know, we don't, we're not trying to pay you to fight for $50 million to fight Yavin Madrid or whatever the hell his name is. You know, <laughs> come on. Dude, look, look at what Lomachenko and Lopez just did. Now, much smaller pay scale. But they both made financial concessions, and they they figured out a way to get their fight done, not only done, but on regular ESPN, right? If you're Canelo, you've yeah. been making $30, $40 million a fight. Take $20 million, take one for the team, fight Callum Smith, beat him, become the lineal champion at 168 and 160 at the same time. You still make $20 million. You save face, and then you build up for a possible – third fight with Golovkin next May or something. That would be, in my opinion, playing the long game and being smart. Doing this right. makes you look like a diva. And the only people that are really, really exactly. happy about this situation are the DAZN haters, which are a weird group of people, which I don't quite understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Just bite the bullet and save some face. That's kind of, that's my... Fuck, I'll bite exactly. the bullet for $20 million. <laughs> well, right. And Shit. Like in the same, and, and like in the same breath, the freaking half the world's on fire here. Everybody's right. out of work, and you're still getting paid millions of dollars to do what you do. So I wouldn't be bitching. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And Callum Smith at 68, he's drained at that weight. He's not going to be there much longer. He'll eventually be at 75. Fight Callum Smith at 68. Right. It's it's a very winnable fight for Canelo. He'd be a heavy, heavy favorite. He'd get that ring title at 168, the lineal title. It'd be a win-win situation for him, and you still make $20 million. But he doesn't want to go there. So, Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, brother. But I, I'm going to let you go. I just wanted to hop in and ask you that. And congratulations to you and Tiff, brother. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll be in touch soon, buddy. Take care now. All right, you too, brother. All right, peace. There he goes, Johnny boy. Two great calls, man. Renzo and Johnny Boy were two great calls. So I don't know what else I could say here, people. I mean, look, again, both sides have merit to their position. I'm not saying this is a one-sided thing. Canelo Alvarez does have some merit to his position. But again, in terms of optics, this is a bad look for Canelo. It's a shittier look for Canelo than it is for the zone. The bad look part for the zone is they've made really poor business decisions. They bought into this massive, massive contract with a guy who, quite frankly, just isn't worth it. And he doesn't have the personality and the media presence, the, the 
stage presence, if you will, with the casual fans and the mainstream media to, to justify $365 million. Again, I'll bring up the example. ESPN and Top Rank bought into the Tyson Fury business right around the same time the Zone bought into the Canelo business. It looks like ESPN and Top Rank made the better choice. That's what I'm seeing because Tyson Fury, now look, he might lose the third fight with Wilder. Who knows, man? Heavyweight boxing, you don't know. But even if he does, Fury has already shown the willingness to do the media work. He's been on all the, the shows, not just on ESPN, but all these other sports shows, these podcasts. Again, the crossover stuff with, uh, with the wrestling world and everything. He's willing to do that stuff, and he's got the personality. He's got the camera presence and all that to do it. He is very much you know, the same way Floyd Mayweather was. Manny Pacquiao still is. To me, those are bigger household names globally than Canelo. And DAZN, if they had a boxing guy on board as part of their team, they could have been advised to that. Like, hey, man, wait a second, $365 million, back up. This guy probably ain't going to do that. Let me tell you a little bit about how Canelo operates. And talk to some of the Mexican media members. Like, we just had Renzo on, right, from Boxeo Tijuana. Those guys are really, really tied into Canelo and the Mexican media, what's going on down there. And they've given me all sorts, all sorts of inside information, uh, stuff that you just don't hear in the American media up here. Canelo's just not that dude. Again, I'm going to make the comparison. He's very much a Mexican Terrence Crawford in terms of his personality just in terms of the way he deals with media. Super Chat Pledge from Johnny Boy's Fight Palace. Thank you so much, Johnny. Grazie mille. He says, thanks for having me, buddy. God bless. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. So, um, guys, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say here. We're going to find out. Everything is going to play out. I do think we're going to get some dirty laundry aired at some point. I do think this is going to get ugly before it gets fixed. And I do think, you put a gun to my head and ask me, Canelo Alvarez ain't fighting in 2020. That's a big deal, man. That's a really, really big deal. That's a big deal for Golden Boy Promotions, and it's a big deal for DAZN. Regardless of how you feel about Canelo being the biggest star in the sport, maybe he's number two, maybe he's number three, he's among the biggest stars. But no doubt, he is absolutely the business, the bottom line for Golden Boy Promotions, and he's the business, the bottom line for DAZN. So both of those two entities are hurting bad right now. And it remains to be seen where they're going to be at in 21, 2021 going forward after this all plays out. All right, guys. So that's it. Um, the neutral quarter is back Monday. We'll see you guys there. Remember, the Ring Digital YouTube. All right. Make sure you subscribe and click that notification bell. Uh, thank you to Renzo and to Johnny Boy for calling in. Thank you to all of you on the chat for bringing up some great points. Thank you for the super chats, everybody. And uh, yeah, I'll see you at the fights.